Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 with a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us this is contending for the faith with dr jerry buckner and now to introduce dr jerry buckner here's gary bell well good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of contending for the faith where the cutting edge christian apologetic ministry Addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church, and we're live, ladies and gentlemen, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, can you believe it? Tonight, we bring you part 17 in our series entitled, The God of All Comfort. He is the God of All Comfort, who comforts us not only in some of our troubles, Not only in a few of our troubles, but let me tell you, in all of our troubles, especially in these perilous and uncertain times where people's thoughts are delusional and so many things are we would never have thought are are considered controversy are now controversial. As we continue forward in this new year, we need God's comfort. We need to be comforted by God in the face of COVID-19 and its Omicron variant. We need to be comforted by God, not only in the face of sickness and disease, but in the midst of social unrest, financial difficulties, violent crimes, and now shootings in Texas. Not to mention the multitude of trials and challenges we encounter on a daily basis. So if you find yourself in need of God's comfort, then I challenge you, stay tuned to hear about this and much, much more. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you doing this fine evening? Brother Gary Bell, uh, I am truly blessed and thank you so much for that challenging and uplifting introduction. The Lord always uses you in a mighty way. We appreciate you and uh, thank you for including in that introduction about what has happened in Texas uh, with all those precious children. We're definitely living in troubling times and evil times. And uh, behind it all, you know, we try to say in our world today, it's uh, mental illness. We blame it on that and we blame it on guns. We blame it on all sorts of things. But We really don't realize that the one that's behind all this stuff is Satan. And Jesus said in John 8 and 44, he called him a murderer. And uh, he is a murderer. And he's been a murderer from the beginning. That's what Jesus said in the Garden of Eden. You know, he had our four parents eat of that uh, unforbidden fruit. And God said, you'll surely die. That was the first time capital punishment took place and that capital crime has come upon all of us you know we all gonna die one day and you know the enemy is the one that's behind it because 
as the scripture says in Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. If Satan can get your mind on the issues that are external and not really see him behind it all, you know, people are victims of the villain, you know, those two V's. And the only way we're going to have the third V, which is victory, is we got to see what the, who the real enemy is and uh, answer to dealing with him. And this is why the world has gone uh, crazy and it's getting crazier and crazier. And it's a real big issue today. And I'm just addressing this for a moment where we got to really minister to uh, our young men. Uh, that's very important that we minister to our young men today and uh, go and do everything we can to minister to the young men and 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 reach them and uh, and you know so many young men today they are fatherless and they are in homes without a father and a mother and this young man was without both and raised by his grandmother and grandfather we got a lot of issues we got a lot of issues in our world today and we need to come to grips with the fact that until we get to the place that we get back to God and, and above all, deal with sin, because it's a sin issue. That's the problem. They're not a skin issue. We don't try to blame it on skin and racism. You know, until we deal with this sin issue, we're never going to solve the problems. But we do have a God of uh, uh, comfort. You know, it talks about that in Second Corinthians 3 and 1. Uh, it talks about the God of all comfort. And people need to turn to this God. You know, you're not going to find comfort in politics and religion, philosophy, sociology, economy. You're going to only find comfort, real comfort, in the God of all comfort. And we are encouraging everybody listening to this program tonight to tell somebody out there about Jesus. You know, tell them that He's the answer for the world today. Above him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Now, uh, I want to say some things by way of introduction, and we have been talking about, you know, eight reasons why God allows suffering, and I want to get to the, the seventh reason, and uh, we've been covering all of these different reasons, and, uh, and, and I'm going to just jump right into the seventh reason in a few minutes, but let me say this, because I'm going to build on Second Corinthians three and verse four. So in your, in your Bibles, you want to go there. Let me say this by way of introduction. God is never more intimately known to us than when he comes to us in the midst of our pain. See, without pain, you can never reach gain. <laughs> Notice how that rhymes. This is exactly what Job said when he said in Job 42 and verse five, Job 42 and five. Quote, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eyes seeth thee. You know, that's like a lot of people in churches. They hear the word of God every Sunday. But do you really know him? You know, and Satan is always stealing the word and uh, he's into the business of seed snatching. And Job realized later on, that now I have really experienced God, and he experienced God through his pain and the suffering. What about you? 
A lot of people get bitter in their sufferings, not bitter. The war between the two bees, they get bitter rather than better. Now, through Job's pain, he saw for the first time, he saw God. And what about you? Are you seeing God through your pain? And, you know, C.S. Lewis, the great Oxford scholar, once said, this is so powerful, God whispers to us in our pleasures. That's the first P. But he shouts at us in our pain. Did you get that? Now, some of you may want to write that down. C.S. Lewis, the great Oxford scholar, said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts at us in our pain. And that's so true. God is never more intimately known to us than when he comes to us in the midst of our pain. We need to preach on that. You know, how often do we preach like that? You know, preach like this. We we try to avoid talking about pain and suffering. And oh, and then you got word faith teachers, all suffering is a is a result of sin. You know, that's bad theology. You know, and the first word faith teachers in the Bible. I told Craig Roberts and some other people that we had lunch with, and they really laughed at that and said, we got to use that. But the first the first word faith teaches was the three friends of Job. Oh, you're suffering because of sin. <laughs> you know, uh, not all suffering is the result of sin. Sometimes God just has the plan to bring you closer to him through your suffering. Now, I know in my own life, I'm speaking about my own personal life, in my own life, those extreme circumstances of my life comes out of that. The greatest amount of earthly troubles have always been the times of the purest intimacy with God in which I have seen him manifest his grace, like Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians 12. I've seen his grace, strength, power, glory, and uh, in my weakest moments, he makes me strong. You know, in your in your greatest suffering, you could either get uh, weak, weaker, weakest, or you can get strong, stronger, strongest. That's an interesting par- comparison, isn't it? Now, this number seven, let me build on this number seven point. Why does God allow bad things to happen to his people? Well, the answer is to develop in us Uh, a godly comfort, a godly comfort, so that we in turn will spiritually have a godly comfort to share with others in the body of Christ. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4, look at that in your Bible. Who comforteth us in all of our tribulations? Now, I want you to notice here the plural who comforteth us in all, you know, that's more than one, tribulations uh, that we, plural, may be able to comfort, comfort them, plural, which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we, plural, ourselves are comforted by God. What a powerful word. Isn't that a powerful word? that God allows us to go through suffering uh, so he can get us to the point where we can be a blessing to somebody else out there that's suffering, you know? And you have to go through it to get to it, my friend. 
That's what you got to do. You got to go through it to get to it in your life through suffering. And God works that way to get you to experience suffering so that you can know how to minister to other people that are suffering. You know, this is a critical question that I generally ask people in churches. I'll say, you know, why do you go to church? And they say, well, I go to church so that I can worship God and praise him and bless his name. Well, that's 50% right. The other 50% is that you missed out on is that God puts us there to exhort and to build up the body of Christ. You know, when you really think about it, and I think about my own life, I'm say this in conclusion, and I'll build on this some more next time. When I think about my own life, my own personal life, I mean, and I think about family and friends, there's been people in our family and friends who have had cancer. They've had some struggles, friends and so forth, and family, friends with drugs, alcohol, abuse, and uh, they've had struggles with pornography. They've had struggles with uh, a lot of different issues. And even uh, they've had struggles with finances, wondering when the next time they're going to get some food on their table and to be able to pay the bills. They struggle with so many different personal issues. But you know what? When you have been there and you've been there you can speak from experience and say, you know what? I understand. I understand what you've gone through because I've been there and done that. And you know what? It, God uses you in a great way that way. He wants to use people, no matter how bad your experience has been, when you turn to the Lord, he turns around the bad experiences and bring them into a good experience. And that's the good news about knowing God. Even you who have uh, had cancer, diabetes, Parkinson. You know, God is going to use you to minister to somebody that has Parkinson so that they don't end up doing the same thing that Robin Williams did, see? And uh, Michael J. Fox, he has Parkinson, and he was a good friend of Robin Williams. And he wanted to, he said, I wish I would have knew he had that problem because I could have talked to him and encouraged him. You see, when you've been there, and you've experienced some things. God takes all your experiences. You remember uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And I'll say this in closing. Donald Gray Bornhouse, the great storytelling preacher, one time said something very profound. He said, there's nothing that can pass through our lives unless it first passes through the will of God. Now, feed on that. You know, there's nothing that can pass through your life unless it first passes through the will of God. And you know what? When you understand that and you understand what Job said, you know, now I really see him. Sometimes the, the, the best way for you to see God is through your suffering. And that goes for finances. That goes for sickness. That goes for trouble with people on the job, with trouble in the family, with you know, the doctor saying certain things to you, hold your head up. Know that God has a purpose in that. And let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches and repent. 
confess your sins and turn to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Brother Gary. Well, all right. What a good word for tonight. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open and we do want to hear from you. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and, uh, you know, we want to hear from you tonight. Our phone lines are open. You can give us a call. We always like to say thank you to all of you longtime listeners, as well as short-time listeners who have been praying for this ministry. We know the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And so we're going to, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying and keeping us going. It's just a blessing to know that so many people have been lifting us up over these uh, about 20 years on the air. Uh, it's, it's encouraging. It's a blessing. It's gratifying and it's humbling. And so we thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers. Keep them going, keep them going. And uh, we also want to say thank you. For those of you who have partnered with us financially over the years to keep this ministry alive and on the air, it's not a cheap uh, thing to keep this this program going week to week to week to week. Airtime is expensive, and uh, but you know by the grace of God and uh, your generosity, we've been able to keep this show going for as long as we as uh, Lord wills, and we believe His will is to keep going. And so we encourage you to pray for contending for the faith. We want to encourage you to partner with us financially, to give, to be generous, to knock a home run for this program because it's touching lives. It's changing lives. It's blessing lives for time and eternity. And you get to be part of that. We always say one day you'll stand before God and he'll say, turn around and you'll see a multitude of people. And you'll ask God, who are these people? And the Lord will say to you, these are the people that made it into heaven as a result of your giving, that you took your time, talent, and in this case, your treasure, and you gave to ministries like this one and others that were proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, were providing reasons and answers for faith, and were touching lives with the truth, God's truth for time and eternity, and it made a difference to the point where they got saved, and here they are. So it's so important. Dr. Buckner and I never take any salary. Everything goes back into the broadcast. And so we know that God honors that and God blesses us as a result of that. He'll bless you for your giving. There's two ways that you can donate. One, address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. And speaking of blessing, we have an opportunity for you to bless your church, how you might ask, by inviting Dr. Buckner to come and speak 
at one of your services or provide a training seminar, workshops, or week-long trainings. It's so important that uh, your church is equipped. And a lot of times, pastors just aren't uh, able to be everywhere and do everything at once and be expert in all areas, particularly when it comes to apologetics and uh, giving reasons and answers for faith. And here we are with a, a, a theologian in the Bay Area available to you All you have to do is give him a call. He's been at many, many churches lately uh, providing these kinds of seminars and workshops. And it's just been a total blessing for those congregations. And the people are excited about God's word. God's word is being explained in a way where they can take it and run with it. And so we want to encourage you. Invite Dr. Buckner to your church. He's spoken at the morning services. He's provided workshops during the week. He's provided seminars on uh, important uh, key doctrinal issues. Uh, there's a ton of things that you could have him speak on that would bless your church. You can reach him at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. All right, Dr. Buckner, it looks like we've got a, quite a lineup of callers tonight. Yes, uh, let's get to them, Brother Gary. Okay, Jermaine has been holding on line one. Brother Jermaine, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing very well. Good to hear you guys tonight. Well, it's good to hear from you as well. And uh, what is on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, uh, just say, you know, unfortunately, had a tragedy and uh, in, in-law unexpectedly that committed suicide. And, you know, of course, uh, all the things that go with that, a lot of family members are wondering what happened and whatnot, but... Uh, it's like the elephant in the room is what happens to people after they commit suicide. Those of us that believe, you know, that you're absolutely body and present with the Lord. Uh, I know a lot of times at funerals, people kind of make up their own destination for that person. But, you know, this particular person is having a lot of issues in life and struggling and whatnot. And does the Bible speak very clear on that? I had just told a young person, hey, you know, God's the one that judges that, not us. So don't don't let people tell you yeah or nay. Just leave it in his hands. But I just, I just wanted to hear you develop uh, the topic of suicide. Right. That's a very good question. <clears throat> well, uh, suicide is not the unforgivable sin unless a person dies without Jesus Christ. So uh, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the unforgivable sin. And that's to, in the context of what Jesus is talking about, is to attribute all the things uh, of Satan to uh, the Holy Spirit's work in one's life. And so gee, that's why Jesus said the things you say against the Son of Man, there'll be forgiveness, but against the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict of sin, righteousness, and judgment that Jesus talks about. So if someone uh, commits suicide, we look at a a lot of issues with that. You know, anyone that commits suicide is mentally not well. God takes that into consideration. But at the same time, he also will hold people accountable for doing it because, you know, uh, suicide is a sin. Now, uh, in the Bible... Uh, there were about, I would say, 
about seven people uh, that uh, committed suicide, but God never ordained it. An example, uh, Abimelech in Judges 9 and 54, he had committed suicide. And Samson, uh, Judges 16, 29 to 31, and Saul and his arm bearer, uh, we find in 1 Samuel 31 and 4, and then Ahithophel, Ahithophel in 2 Samuel 17 and 23, and then Zimri in 1 Kings 16 and 18, and Judas Iscariot in Matthew 27 and 5. And so uh, we see that uh, God never did ordain this and uh, accepted it. Uh, it was something that man did, and it's something that man will do today, contrary to the the, the word of God. Now, uh, the scriptures is very clear about suicide, and it, even though it doesn't say thou shalt not commit suicide, it talks about murder. So, uh, murder is equivalent to somebody committing suicide or killing someone else. Uh, now, it, it tells us in Exodus 20, uh, God made it very clear, thou shalt not kill. The old King James will say, thou shalt not kill, but in the Hebrew, it's premeditated murder. And uh, God, uh, you know, spoke loud and clear on that, that uh, that's a sin to do, to kill. And then you find also in Revelation uh, 20 and verse 8, it talks about that no murderers will in inherit the kingdom of God, will not, you know, go into the kingdom of God. So uh, can God forgive a repentant murderer? Yes, but it's a close call with people when they commit suicide. You know, they say, oh, I'm gonna confess my sins before I do that. Well, even if you do that, you're gonna still stand before God and be judged because we have to remember something very important that God doesn't give man the prerogative to give life nor take it. That's why Job said, and, and make sure you get all these scriptures down because it's good stuff. He says, Job said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. A lot of people need to hear that because he, we don't have the right to take life nor give it. And that goes for abortion too, because abortion is murder. And when people do that, it's murder. And we don't have the prerogative to give life nor take it. So uh, when we look at all those scriptures together and we look at God's mind on this, uh, we have to say uh, it's, a, it's a sin to do that. Uh, even mercy killing, you know, that fits in this category too. I took a class in uh, Christian ethics when I was in seminary and we covered all of these issues, abortion and euthanasia. We covered, you know, war and we covered all that stuff. So I was blessed to be able to go to seminary and get me a master's and get me a doctorate. And we covered a lot of these, the ground of a lot of things you're saying, but I've done a lot of research on my own. Uh, and then in, in closing on this is First uh, Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 and 1 Corinthians 3 uh, and 16, it talks about your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if anyone defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. 
for your temple is uh, holy and is uh, the temple that God has uh, created for you to give him the glory, not to commit suicide and to abuse your body, whether it's eating or, you know, drugs, uh, alcohol abuse, um, you know, letting the mind go with pornography and to all sorts of dangerous territory. The Bible says don't give any place for the devil. And that's God's word. So uh, he said, if you defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, you know. And and, and so God t- gives us all these warnings about this, and we better take heed to it. Suicide is a uh, is something where you not only going to hurt God, but hurt yourself. And you're going to hurt family members that have to live with this the rest of their life. So I tell people out there, just like I told a lady that called in about 15, 20 years ago. I don't know if Gary was on with us that day, but she was a nurse and she was getting ready to uh, call in and say, I'm going to commit suicide. I'm going to cut my wrist and go into the Bay Area water. And I talked to her and ministered to her and told her the same things I'm sharing with you. And then uh, she was. we had our staff go out and see her. That was when Rick was healthy. He went out, they ministered to her and, then about 10, five years later, I get this call on the phone and it's a lady said, you remember me, Dr. Wright? And I said, no, I don't remember you. She says, I was the lady that's talking about committing suicide. She said, your words of wisdom uh, convicted me. And I went into a treatment program and she said, do you not know Dr. Wright? I'm working in that treatment program, helping people who want to commit suicide. Isn't that a blessing? You see what God can do, you know, when you, realize that Jesus come to give life and give life abundantly, but Satan is came to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come to destroy life. And Jesus came to give life and give it abundantly. Anybody hearing this now, don't entertain the devil whispering in your ear to destroy yourself because that's a being a coward that's falling into the trap of Satan and he's a murderer. And just like with that school, that young man listened to Satan. He just, you know, Jesus dealt with a lot of people who had, uh, you know, we talk about mental illness, but how many people in the Bible that Jesus healed that they, the Bible says they were mentally ill and they were demon possessed. A lot of people out there are demon possessed, but the world don't talk about that. <laughs> They're mentally ill, you know, it's guns. No, it's Satan behind a lot of the stuff that's going on. So hopefully I took a little extra more time with this because it's a powerful subject that you asked me. And hopefully I've given you some good nuggets uh, to feed on and to share with somebody else. Oh, absolutely, Dr. Buckner. And, um, you know, just like you said, I, uh, I I have opportunities to witness to a lot of young people who are confused and, you know, devastated family left behind. And I actually participate in a suicide ministry and, all it did was make me want to go harder for the Lord and point people towards him. So, it, you know, the demonic plan backfired. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to start sharing Jesus with everybody now. And, you know, hopefully a lot of people can learn from this. this year. There's hope in, in Jesus. He can fix it. Amen, brother. Amen. Yes, yeah, share it, brother. Keep on ministering and share it with your family, friends, and, and uh, let them know what Dr. Buckner share it with you and pass it on and, let me know how it turned out. Keep us posted on the situation. All right, I will. God bless you guys. You want us to pray for their family? Pray, pray for that situation. Oh yes, 
Yes. Okay, let's do that. Brother Gary? Okay. And it's so fitting that, uh, Lord, we just thank you that we're into this series of God of all comfort. And so we pray that this family would be comforted right now, either through Jermaine or others, that you would use folks to come alongside of them and comfort them and strengthen them and encourage them this day. And Lord God, we just pray that you would stand with them, that you would show yourself real to them, and that they would also think about their own mortality and their eternal destination. And we pray, Lord God, that if they don't know you, that they would come to a saving knowledge of you. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you, Brother Jermaine. God bless you, brother. Uh, do we have to go to a commercial break? Yes, now? we do. It's time uh, for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. Give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we just want to thank you, listening audience, for being there for us. We thank you for your consistent prayers, and we thank you for your consistent generosity toward this ministry. It's so important that you continue to pray for us. And it's so important that you're consistent when it comes to giving. It's a listener-supported ministry. And those are the two areas of support that we need the most. And we just want to say thank you because many of you have sacrificially given to this ministry and you have prayed for this ministry on a regular basis. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon, California. That's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. We also want to remind you that all of our uh, episodes of Contending for the Faith that come on live every week, we turn them into a podcast so that if you ever miss a particular show or part of a series and you want to get uh, caught up, you can simply go to kfax.com and go to the top of the page. You'll see a banner up there with Contending for the Faith. You can click on there and get a drop down where it takes you to the podcasts, and they're available for free. You can use them for Bible studies. You can use them for Sunday school, whatever you like, they're a great resource. So we want to encourage you take advantage of that. And I also take advantage of Dr. Buckner um, by way of having him at your church. He's been a, a speaker, a guest speaker and a, uh, at many churches in the Bay Area recently. And we just, it's just been a really uh, incredible time for these churches, a real blessing to have him at your church and to be able to speak to the issues of biblical illiteracy, doctrinal issues, the cults, whatever it is, Dr. Buckner can speak to it and provide uh, wonderful support and training and equipping 
for your local church. And so we want to encourage you, give him a call. He can provide a seminar on the cults, apologetics, you name it. You can reach him at area code 415-721-1778. It's area code 415-721-1778. Give him a call and have him out to your church. You will will be blessed as a result. All right, Dr. Buckner, we have Brother Rick online too. Yes. Thank you, Brother Gary. Uh, Brother Rick, how are you doing? Are you there, Brother Rick? Did we lose Brother Rick or is he still there? I do not know, but we have his question. And his question was, did King Solomon repent for his sins before he died? Well, that is a very good question, uh, Brother Rick. And um, there's a lot of controversy around that. And really, we don't know, uh, but we do have a glimpse of some things that we can say that could be possibly a positive thing for him, because we know that uh, he had uh, got gotten away from God and got into idolatry and started uh, worshiping some of the other gods of the pagan world and got into the uh, prostitutes of the day and uh, women and that sort of thing. And as a result of that, God took the kingdom from him. Uh, there's always consequences for what uh, one does. But it seems like to me, that if you look at uh, Ecclesiastes, because in the book of Ecclesiastes, especially chapter 12, uh, and the, the last few verses, verses 13 and 14, it looks like at the latter part of his life, when he became an older man, he's writing as an older man, because he simply says, and I think he I really do believe he came to his senses, uh, but let's let me read that uh, Ecclesiastes twelve verse thirteen and fourteen. It talks about the duty of a man. He's talking to some young men. He said, in the verse thirteen. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment. Boy, he really experienced that with every secret thing, whether it it be good or whether it be evil. So from these two verses, it looked like he came to his senses and he started uh, telling young men to fear God. So he's not going to say that unless he's doing it himself. So sometimes uh, people, when they're younger, they have a field day. And if they make it to becoming a senior or older, and God gives them grace to live through it all. Sometimes people do come to their senses and, um, you know, and repent of that. So I would just say that from these verses of Scripture, I would say probably he did, but only God knew his heart. But from this, these words here, I could say that he probably did, and he came to his senses when he got older. So hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick, and uh, you can feed off of that. All righty. All right. Well, let's go to Sally, who's been holding on line four. How you doing, Sister Sally? <laughs> yes, it's Sally. Oh, um, Jermaine's question was excellent. I had three people tell me that they were considering suicide, and two of them did, and it's really tough. So to give those wonderful... Are you there? 
Yes, we're here. We just oh, listened okay. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good to have this material. I wasn't able to write down all the scriptures, but I, you know, I think that's great. I have thought this year that did not Jesus experience every single proverb in the Bible? And would that be something that young men who are new Christians, who don't know exactly how to spend their time with their family and devotions, if they would read a section or a chapter of Proverbs every day or have their children do it. I still remember at the age of seven when I was finally, as the youngest, was given the opportunity to read the Scripture for that day. And that is a wonderful a wonderful thing to do when the, when the dad may not always know what to do. How, how would that work out? Well, that's a good point that you're raising. Um, yes, the book of Proverbs, that's a book that I always encourage young people to read, and not just it has an impact upon young men, but um, young women, and it just talks about young men and and it warns them about young women that are not uh, godly, and it talks about a multitude of things about, you know, prostitution. It talks about sex. It talks about, I mean, it can go on and on, but respecting your parents, it's just loaded. So, uh, yes, I would encourage young people, young men, to read the book of Proverbs because it's a book of wisdom, and uh, Jesus is the zenith of wisdom. You know, it talks about in in First uh, Corinthians chapter one that Jesus is the power and wisdom of God. And really, when you think about it, that's a scripture that's supporting that Jesus is God. Because if He's the power and wisdom of God, then there's never was a time when God God was separated from His power and wisdom. That's part of His nature and essence. So, so, but I would add another book to. Um, Proverbs for young men. I did a retreat for a young man, and they were so blessed. And it was all off of the the, the epistles of John, first, second, third John, and uh, first, first and second John, uh, where he talks about uh, young men. He talks about three uh, areas, and it's young men, strong men and fathers we talking about so i got together and did a retreat with men and they were so blessed and i said you know you got to graduate from being just a young man john is talking about to a strong man that's in the word because john talks about the strong man's in the word and then well actually the the first one is uh when he talks about young men talking about children so he will say the first one is children uh uh, take heed, uh, John is saying, and then he challenges the strong man to stay in the word, and then he gets into the fathers. Fathers is where we ultimately want to get them to being spiritual fathers. So I would also include with um, Proverbs the powerful words of John, because he really lays out challenging young men and this is the greatest problem in our world today is fatherless homes uh, where young men are coming up without godly fathers. And Proverbs is a helpful thing. But also, young men, you're not only going to start with the book of Proverbs, but young men need to, um, in the churches, 
pastors, young men, uh, youth ministers need to become mentors and surrogate fathers to these young men because without that, they're lost. So hopefully that kind of helps to add some few things to what you're saying. Good. Amen. Well, thank you for your call, and God bless you. And the reason I call you sister because you're my sister in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. That's the that's that uh, phileo. Uh, brotherly and sister. We generally say brotherly love. I said, no, brotherly and sister love. Don't leave out the sisterly love. <laughs> I, I right. hope that you, uh, I think I wrote about a need for prayer, not necessarily but publicly, uh, because at 92, uh, life is still a challenge. But, you know, you look back and you think about how God has guided me since I was seven and asked the Lord Jesus in my life. It is amazing how he has uh, brought me. I, I, I have a strange gift, as you probably would, would decide, um, but it's it's not grand, but it's uh, amazing how God has help me to be aware of ordinary people who have ordinary, very good thoughts and need to be heard and need to be encouraged. Amen. Well, let's uh, ask, thank the Lord for your blessing you to see the many years and ask God's protection upon you and your family. Brother Gary. All right. We thank you, Lord, for our sister Sally, that you would continue to be with her and her family. We rejoice over her 90 plus years on earth and that uh, as long as you you have her here, Lord God, you're going to have things for her to do, people for her to see and lives for her to touch. And we pray, Lord God, that you fill her to overflowing with your Holy Spirit to make that happen, Lord God, that she would continue to reach out and touch the lives of young people and uh, encourage them and speak into their lives great things. We thank you for continuing to bless her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Sally, for your call. And my mother's 90, almost 96, so I can relate to where you're coming from. So God bless you and uh, keep you and uh, call us back again. All right, Gary, you want to try to squeeze in uh, Alfred's question real quick? His question is, what is a true disciple? And now you have to be the machine gun preacher because we're running Uh, out. (laughs) I I hear you. Well, what I'm going to do is be the... Uh, a little bit of the machine gun preacher and then pick up with this next time. Okay. <laughs> because yeah. I, in, in order to do justice to this, uh, but let me just say this as an opening, that uh, a true disciple uh, is not just a, a student or a learner, but a follower uh, who applies what he learns. You remember Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciple. And the word Christian is mentioned uh, three times in the Bible, and the word disciple is mentioned 269 times. What did that tell you? So Jesus spent 98% of his time preaching on discipleship. And no wonder why in John 6, it says many of his disciples followed him no more because these sayings were hard saying. And so what Jesus did, I'm say this and then turn it over to Gary, what, what Jesus did, he took the word disciple from uh, the Greeks uh, philosophers, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, and then he Christianized it because they secularize it, but he Christianized it. All right. Brother uh, Alfred, I'm going to deal with this some more next uh, uh, Saturday. Brother All right. Well, we've come to the night, the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. We'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience. 
for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards and encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. <music>